BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. everyone and welcome to here for the right reasons us weekly's bachelor podcast i am your host sarah heron happy thursday i have a special episode for you i caught up with ari Lindyke jr who was of course our season 22 bachelor and ended up with lauren his runner-up um they are married and have two three kids now but we weren't really talking bachelor we we're talking about the new peacock show the traders if you guys haven't watched you should pause this, go binge it, and come back. It is so good. It's reality stars from all over the place. You've got Kyle from Summer House, Brandy from Housewives, Kate Chastain from Below Deck, Reza from Shaws of Sunset. Then you have Rachel Riley from Big Brother, Stephanie and Sari from Survivor. There's um, just a bunch of different reality stars. Ryan Lochte, never forget that Ryan Lochte reality show on E! And then 10 quote-unquote regular people um, all competing in this castle in Scotland. And three of them are assigned to be traitors and secretly quote-unquote murder um, a, one of their housemates in this castle. And they wake up and they see who it was and they try to figure out the the regulars, the um, faithfuls, sorry, the faithfuls have to try to figure out who the traders are and there's competitions and there was drama and Ari was very candid about what we didn't see on the show, um, why he made the decisions he did and shared some insight into some of the more talked about moments from the season. And then of course we talked a little bit of The Bachelor. I asked him about those comments about why he never, him and Lauren feel kind of excluded and why they're never really asked back to do anything and got some updates on the kids. So I thought it was a fun interview, especially if you watch The Traders, there's a lot of good insight. And if you didn't, it really is a fun binge uh, for the weekend. So without further ado, here's Ari. Okay, Ari, I have endless questions for you about this show, The Traders. I loved it. I emailed you within less than 24 hours of it being out because I watched it so quickly and I was obsessed with it. Um, awesome. So first of all, what has it been like for the response for the show to finally be out? And I feel like so many people are loving seeing you in a different light because it's obviously a very different show than The Bachelor. Yes. I mean, I mean, I loved participating in the traders because, you know, it wasn't the center of attention. I was just kind of one of the contestants and I felt like it was kind of a fresh start to kind of get, um, into the game. Um, and yeah, I think it was cool to, to, that people could see another side of me. Obviously the bachelor was a long time ago. Um, lots happened since then, you know, Lauren and I have three beautiful kids and, you know, we've been married now for four years. So so yeah, things have changed, but it was really still a lot of fun to participate. And what was the dynamic like just off the bat? Because from my understanding, the show is usually all quote unquote non-celebrities when it's on in the UK. And now here yeah. they had 
I feel like less more than half were people from Bravo and from CBS shows and Survivor and all that stuff. And then a few quote unquote, non-celebrities, whatever, regular people, I don't know, sprinkled in. So what was that dynamic like? Were there fan people, were there people fangirling? Was everyone trying to play it cool? Yeah, I feel like there was a, a bit of an interesting dynamic, especially the first few days. And then I feel like after the first few days, you know, it was just kind of, I guess, business as usual and kind of normal for everyone. Everyone was kind of in the same category because, you know, with Reza going home right away, that kind of showed everybody that was a celebrity castmate that, Hey, look, no one's safe. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really matter if you, you know, make good TV or not. This is a game and the decisions are not of the producers. They're strictly of, you know, the, the traders determine 100% who gets murdered. So it's really, um, I guess that kind of took everyone, uh, for a bit of a ride a little bit. They were like, Oh wow. Okay. Shoot. I better, you know, try to figure out who the traders are or play the game because then it became less about making TV and about like making it to the next day. That makes that sense. That makes a lot of sense. Cause Reza is great TV. And I was surprised watching it that he went home first, but that does make yeah. it seem more real because they would have kept him if they wanted good TV. <laughs> Yeah, it was, you know, that was the coolest part about this show. Not saying that The Bachelor is producer driven, but <laughs> you know, from my previous experience, um, you know, The Traders was, you know, it's, it's so authentic on how the game is played. And that is what I think makes it so amazing because even when you're doing the interviews and you're talking about, let's say, other castmates or the missions, you're never led by the producers doing the interviews. You, It's, it's completely organic. And I feel like that makes it so cool because it really is all about the gameplay who were you familiar with when you got there were you friendly with anyone did you were you fans of anyone did you have any idea who you were kind of playing with yeah i mean uh i watched survivor in the past but i had not seen sari and i had not seen um stephanie um i knew kate from below deck and she i think made the most amazing tv i feel like she definitely made the show uh <laughs> and uh, i knew of reza and then also ryan lochte is like are the people that i recognized um yeah i think it was really interesting because you did have so many big personalities of course brandy too i knew brandy as well my my parents are like big brandy fans so they were very <laughs> excited to hear that brandy was on the show she's um, been around for a while she's she's yeah she's, she's been around she's like you know the og so yeah. you know when it came to the other cast members i think it was really cool to get to know them too because they also were very diverse group um i did feel like in the beginning, the celebrity cast had a disadvantage because there was a preconceived notion about us. So that kind of made it hard to overcome that. Um, but then after a few days, I feel like everyone was kind of on the same playing field, like I'd said before. But yeah, definitely an interesting mix of characters. I feel like in seasons to come, it would be cool if they could do either all celebrity or all just people who haven't been on TV before. Because I feel like that would make it more equal. I think so too. I think it's a very interesting power dynamic. And if, if someone like Reza wasn't out first, like if it was a non person who never been on TV out first, I feel like that would have changed things, but that set the tone in a good way, but it could have gone poorly if they, if you guys just picked off the non celebrities, however. It went. Yeah. It, it would have made it like a us versus them kind of yeah. mentality. And I think, uh, we started on equal ground. So it was 10 contestants versus 10, I guess, in a way, 10 non-celebrity, 10 celebrity. And so I think that would have, yeah, that would have changed the dynamic. But since Reza did go home first, it almost kind of humbled all the, all the celebrity cast into thinking like, okay, Hey, 
you know, they don't really care about what the TV show looks like. It's all about the game. And I think that's what kind of brought people back to the game and, and not about making TV. What was it like seeing Brandy and Kate in real life? Because from a viewer perspective, it was fascinating, but they bonded quick. But, you know, Kate was stirring the pot too. And again, great to watch. But in in person, was it obvious? Was it frustrating? Was it, did you know it was funny? Like, what were you thinking when those two were kind of just like taking over as almost like house playing? They were like playing Real Housewives and you guys were playing the traitors. Yeah, I feel like I was terrified of Brandy, to be honest, because she is such a big personality and I didn't want to be on her bad side. So I just kind of avoided her altogether, to be honest. <laughs> um, she was, you know, she was spot on on who the traitors were watching it back. I did not know that she was because she was throwing a lot of names out there. And um, I kind of noticed in the beginning, if you watch the show, I'm pretty like laid back and you don't really notice me much because I feel like the big voices, they got murdered pretty quick or right. banished. So I was like, dang, I could, I could play it kind of low key and sort of blend in a little bit, you know, cultivate my relationships with some of the people that I don't know here um, and try to like <laughs> slide through until the end, which I did, you know what I mean? Yeah. So but Brandy and Kate were such a fun like duo. And I think that Kate and I's relationship was funny because I really gravitated towards her. I sat next to her. Um, what you guys didn't see is that we rode a train to the, to the castle, but they cut that part of the show, but I, I was with her for a, a good part of the day and uh, Kate and I bonded pretty quick, but when she became sort of like enemy number one, I had to kind of dis my, distance myself a little bit. And then towards the end, I feel like we, you know, shared the same views, but then, you know, at the last round table, she got banished. So I kind of lost my big ally at the end there. Um, but yeah, Kate was great for the show and I feel like she did an amazing job. How was it navigating how to take things not personally and taking it personally? Cause clearly you have your people coming from like your big brother, your survivor, they are, they know nothing's personal, which is why Suri is always going to be really good at stuff like this. Um, yeah. But then, and then you have people who have never been on TV before. I feel like Andy definitely took things personally as the game went on. You had other, you know, you kind of feel like we're somewhere maybe in the middle, like you knew you were playing a game, but you weren't trying to be mean to anyone. Other people can be more cutthroat. How do you draw that line? Because it is just a game and I'm of the things, as long as you're not actively trying to hurt anyone's feelings, yeah. all bets are off, right? Like it's a game. Yeah. It's easy to say because when you watch it, it happens so quick. But, you know, we you have to understand we like lived together for a month. Right. We didn't really have outside contact. You know, we, we spoke to our families maybe once a week, which is really hard for, for myself. And I think that, um, you know, you can't help a bond with these other players. You know, yes, you're there to play a game, to shoot a TV show. But like, you know, you still have like real life conversations and there's still right. like, you know, there's still like relationships being made. So it is really hard because those lines do get blurred. And I think once you're out of the game, then you understand that it was just a game. But once you're in it, you really feel like you've made some real relationships. And I, and I really did because Andy and I still talk, you know, every few days and Andy came and visited me in Hawaii. And oh, so wow. like really close, I still talk to Christian a lot, you know, and so I still talk to Kate. So it's like, you still have made these relationships, but yeah, it does feel a little bit like, dang, was it real? Were the things that were said to me for a purpose or were they actually like, were we actually like bonding on that moment? And so that's when I kind of think back on all the conversations I had with Suri and I'm like, dang, you know, she like, I think she really played me. And I'm like, oh yeah, I remember when she told me this. And I remember she told me that she really had a, a real good strategy when it came to our relationship. 
So I do feel like that relationship was tarnished, <laughs> but you know, she won. So, you know, there you go. She, she's her survivor, everything. She's so good at doing that, but being still likable. And that's a very like specific talent. Cause a lot of people go on competition kind of shows and either the audience doesn't like them cause they don't like it. Or they have a pissed off jury. If it's like a voting situation and she, yeah. her like special skill is to kind of manipulate people in a really likable way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I know. Uh, so. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> I, I was for, there. I experienced yeah, I was, it. No. Yeah. I think for me, when it all kind of went sideways was, um, the last mission, you know, we flew in the helicopter and, uh, just speaking with Sari, we had to do like a swim test mm -hmm. to see if we were capable of, you know, completing the last mission. Um, so on our down day, we all did a swim test and Sari was like, yeah, I can't really swim. You know, I can swim, but like, I'm not going to be the best at swimming. And she knew that Quentin couldn't swim. So I feel like her gameplay was to make sure that she was with Quentin and Andy in the end. Uh, um, and so when we split up on that last mission, that was kind of a pivotal moment because I was, I was with Kate all day and then we went to banishment and Kate got banished. So I lost kind of, uh, you know, whatever leverage I had because she was gone. And then I also hadn't spent the whole day with the other two contestants. So, you know, essentially she had been in their ear all day. Mm. So I was like, Oh, this is bad. And then I go home and I Google can Sri from the survivor swim. And not only can she swim, she is scuba certified. Oh my God. She's a very good swimmer. So Sri, that's iconic though. Wow. I know she really is. She really got me. What can I say? I would never think to lie about something in a challenge, especially because like, yeah, they, they got you guys the money and it was part of it, but they weren't really a huge part of how it worked. But like that, like, you know what I mean? Like strategically you needed to win or throw them like Kate at whatever, but it wasn't, if you lost the challenge, you didn't, you got when you went home or anything. So to think yeah. to, like lie about that is another step ahead. It is. Cause you get basically enthralled in the mission mm -hmm. and you don't think about like, Oh, Hey, the game's still on, you know, you're like, you're like so excited to do the mission, but you're like, okay, what can I do tactically right now to put me in a better position for later? And that's what she did. Yeah. So I feel like that was kind of something that, you know, that's kind of when my game went sideways. You mentioned you still talk to Kate. I'm, I'm a little surprised just because she did say that she was upset about your whole cancer of the house comment when she watched it back. Did you, did she confront you about that one? No, no. I feel like there is a tell all in the works. So <laughs> I think that we will all be able to air this out. Really? <laughs> and that's going to be fun. You know, I think that, you know, I think it'll be good to have that conversation. And at some point she really kind of was, I feel like, sabotaging everything because she wanted to go home. She really, really wanted to go home, which was hilarious to watch back. Yeah. But then I feel like when Kate realized like, Hey, I'm kind of towards the end of this thing. She like shifted into a whole different mode and became like a good player again. So I think in that moment, when I said that she was kind of in full sabotage mode and wanted to go home. Um, whereas, you know, she kind of turned the corner. So I, I feel like we kind of repaired that in the house, you know, okay. so, Rachel Riley is another polarizing television character. I don't know if you've ever seen Big Brother, but she reinvented that game on a lot of levels. And she is a big personality and her and Kate, you know, 
are both big personalities. What was it like work, working with Rachel and seeing that whole thing unfold in real life too? Because that was another, as a viewer, wildly entertaining thing to watch. <laughs> I mean, it made it really fun to go down to breakfast and see what was going to be said. Um, just, yeah, they were kind of like, you know, oil and water. I just don't feel like they're ever going to be besties. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. <laughs> and I just love, you know, actually, I really like Rachel too. I, I really got along with her well. I think she's very smart. I feel like she might be probably one of the smartest players in the game mm -hmm. and ultimately that's kind of what got her banished was the fact that she was kind of on to christian and you know immediately that's when i switched over to the to the side of the traders and i saw it because rachel you know pretty much uncovered cody and she was kind of on she was definitely on to on to christian so i guess the plan went into motion to get her banished as soon as she was kind of on to him. So her, her level of gameplay is like good, but she also entrusted me, which was the wrong move because I had just become a traitor. Yeah. So for her, the timing was just bad. It was just kind of bad luck, Yeah. but I feel like she's probably one of the most intelligent players in the game. I want to talk about you getting the switch over obviously, but I first wanted like going to bed in that castle, is it like, did you sleep at all? Are you just trying to like, let it all go? Cause you eventually you're just going to pass out. Like, are you just exhausted from playing this game or all night? Are you just like, I wonder if they're going to like kick me out tonight. Am I going to be banished? Like, what is it like living there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it takes probably an hour for your brain to kind of shut off, but you have to, you know, I think the you're there for so long and it's, um, one of those things where the, we probably started at like eight or earlier and we probably went up through till about 12 to two in the morning, depending on wow. if you were a trader or not, because the traders had to do their thing after the whole day was finished. Yeah. So really you're working on like six hours or less of sleep. So when the time comes to where, when you're cut, you're pretty tired, you know, so, but you did have to kind of wind down a little bit. And as a faithful, you're just like, I hope I make it to breakfast in the morning. And I think that's what's so funny. All my friends were like cracking up because in every breakfast scene, I'm just like eating pastries. And I'm just like constantly like eating. But like, that was kind of the only time I wasn't stressed out because I was like, hey, I made it down to breakfast. I can actually like relax and have breakfast and not worry about something. So I took it as an opportunity to eat all the good food. Nice. And I, those were great. The, the breakfast scenes were so good. Like watching everyone in the trying to Christian would just like throw things out there. Like looking back, it must've been so funny to watch and see people's faces when you knew everything of how some people have good poker faces, other people just don't. And what you don't pick up on and what you do must've been interesting to get to watch back. Oh yeah. You know, I was like, how do we not see that? You know, yeah. I mean, you know, that was kind of the most frustrating thing on the faithful side of how like bad we were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And I think that's just like, uh, I think now moving forward, I think other players will probably be better at uncovering the traders, but you know, this is the first time, you know, we've been able to watch this show. Like yeah. we watched the Dutch version a little bit, but I feel like, I don't know, just being in it. It's so much harder than it looks. Um, but yeah, when you watch it back, you're like, come on, how did you not see that? Or how Cody cannot keep a straight face. He is like just turning pale white whenever this, and he's, I know, he's he one looks big super brother, tired. but he looks exhausted the whole looks time. Looks exhausted. He's been up all night yeah. you know, murdering people. <laughs> That's a good but, thing yeah. also to know that they're, they look extra tired because they have to stay up later. That's a good key maybe, or it's insulting, I guess, cause you're telling people they look tired, but internally you can think, <laughs> okay, you just look tired to me. Yeah. Sari never looked tired. I'm like, how do you never look tired? <laughs> she, she, it was part of her, part of her magic. 
Um, so you find out you get to join the trader side. Was it a, were you excited right away? Were you nervous? Was there any part of you that was ever going to say no? Did you want to be a trader to begin with? What was the switch like? I mean, I was so far through the game. I think at that point we were, you know, just a few weeks away. So I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty close and I've already done all the legwork and getting everyone's trust. So I felt like I did waver a little bit because I was like, if I say no, then I'm more than likely go. I had the shield. So I was like, you know, I probably will make it through like one, maybe more murder banishment, but I'm not going to make it to the end. So then I was like, okay, I just have to, I just have to join up. And then hopefully, you know, it's somebody like completely different and I'm wrong. Cause I thought it was Quentin. Like I was okay. like dead set. It was going to be Quentin and Kate. And when it wasn't, I was like shocked. And then I was like, okay, this is crazy. So I had never even suspected Christian or Sari. So I was like, we're definitely making it to the end. Cause if I didn't suspect them, then the people closest me to me haven't either. So I'm like, dang, this is like going to be great. And then, you know, Christian, I feel like made a huge error the next day. And then it was just kind of like, shoot, should we, should we banish Christian? That was kind of the <laughs> thought between Sari and I. But like looking back, like mm, if Christian wouldn't have made that mistake and like made up that whole story and overacted, overplayed. He was doing the most the whole time. <laughs> oh, it's like, come on, man. If he would have just kept it cool, I feel like Christian and I probably could have made it to the end and made it, figured out how to, you know, either win with Suri or at least like get Suri out or something. You know what I mean? I, I think that would have been the the way to go. But like, you know, that's how the cards fell. Yeah. That's so funny. Christian definitely was, it was a lot. I think at one point he switched and he was like, I am making a show. This is going to be so fun. Let's go crazy. Like, I don't want it to be boring. Maybe like he got into his head or he genuinely was just so caught up in this game that he couldn't help, but lay awake at night and come up with crazy things to say. Cause he was doing so well. And then it was just like, Oh my God, what's happening. Yeah. yeah. Um, his biggest tell was that he was such like a goofy, like, you know, bro. But then like when somebody really accused him, he was like very well-spoken and he was very pointed and everyone was like, Whoa, like, wait a second, where's Christian, you know? So he definitely, you know, he, you know, he knows what he did wrong, but like <laughs> dang, yeah, he overplayed for sure. The round tables, are those longer than we saw? I would assume. Are they intense? Yeah. Were they fun at all? I mean, you had to at one point be like, we got to do something. Did people just sit there waiting for other people to talk? Like, how did those work? Yeah, long. they were long, like sometimes an hour, you know, just like, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't want to be the first one to talk because I don't want to have suspicion cast upon me. I think my name got wrote down like maybe once. So I was pretty safe during the round table, but yeah, it, it got really intense. You know, a lot of crying, a lot of pointing fingers. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? more confident, capable surgeons, and even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. A lot of below the belt stuff that they didn't show on TV. You know, mm. I feel like they kind of kept it like pretty chill on TV, but I feel really? like it was in real life a lot more intense. 
Okay. Maybe they kept all the gameplay stuff, but if people went personal, they maybe tried to cut that out for people. Exactly. That that's exactly right. I think if it got a little too raw or a little too like mean, they just like omitted it, you know? Yeah. They kept it more about the game. Well, you mentioned what? at the at the end you knew maybe once Suri got Andy and Quentin alone that things might not be going your way. But how surprised were you when she was able to pull off getting them to like to out you as a trader and getting to keep all the money? Like were you impressed by her were you pissed were you did you see it coming what were you thinking well i mean i don't think anyone believed i was a traitor i think what happened is she made it not about who was a faithful or who was a traitor she made it about who needed the money more right and that changed the game really it changed it from a game to like okay now let's talk we're talking about money like okay that's what it became about which i you know honestly didn't like yeah. It was very risky of her to do what she did because I could have blew up the entire game at the end and just like you threw her under the bus, but I just felt like, okay, you know, like I want to respect the game. I want to give Andy and Quentin a clue. And that's kind of the, what I did. And I think a lot of people have a question about like, why did I just like give up and walk away? Mm -hmm. Well, it's because I knew that she had got me one, two, I wanted Andy and Quentin to have the ability to, to banish Sari, I wanted to give them a clue. And I really wanted to end. I kind of felt like at heart, I was still a faithful because mm -hmm. I'd been a faithful for so long that I was like, dang, like I've trusted you. I've never double crossed you. I've never double crossed anyone in the entire game. And then she did that to me. And I was like, oh, you know, you know, yes, you do need the money more than me, but you know what? I bet you Andy could use the money and Quentin could use the money too. Yeah. So then I tried to, I tried to leave with a clue. So what I did was I did three things. Like one, I, I didn't say congratulations. I said, good luck on my goodbye. I only hugged Quentin and Andy and I did not hug Suri. Okay. And then I also, I also said that I was uh, recruited very late, right? Um, which kind of like tipped the hat, like, Hey, there could be somebody left. Um, I thought between those three things and also them kind of realizing there was only three male traders that cast would probably not cast like three men to be mm -hmm. traders, you know, especially like three white men. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> no, it's fair. The same thing is like two I celebrities mean, versus one, like not non-celebrity, like all those things yeah, make sense to think about. Yeah. I was just like trying to think like in the game, you're always thinking about everything. Like you're always overanalyzing everything. So I was like, man, maybe they'll pick up on any of those clues, but they didn't. They were so excited about like the, the, the possibility of winning and they were already kind of counting the money before it, you know, before it had yeah. been finished out. Um, but yeah, so a lot of people asked why I left and yes, I did want to give someone an opportunity to win the money that maybe needed it more than I did, but I really wanted Andy and Quentin to win. So I tried to give by, by self-eliminating instead of getting banished, I was trying to give them that opportunity. It is kind of ironic because you were just saying how they cut out maybe some of the more personal stuff and tried to make it about a game. And we were talking about how to keep it a game versus personal and just a game. But then Suri flipped the script and made it personal because money is personal. And you see that on game shows like Survivor and stuff sometimes if like Mike White, who's created White Lotus is on Survivor and he didn't want anyone to know he was a screenwriter. It was before White Lotus blew up, but like no one wants to give the million dollars to the Hollywood screenwriter. No one wants to give the million dollars to or however much, not a million dollars for this, but whatever the guy who has a house in Hawaii yeah. is what they were saying. And yeah. is that fair? Because that does kind of, it's smart in some sense, it's a risk, but it does kind of take you out of the game and we're supposed to be in a game. Like it's not I know. fair, but it is. I know. That's why I, I told her that, like, you know, I think they, I don't know if they showed it. I was like, man, you're really taking this, taking this to that level. 
But, you know, hey, my kudos to her. She's doing anything that she can do to win, you know, it, but it was a very, very risky move because I could have given like a bigger clue. I could have really like ruined the game and said, well, there is a trader left. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I could have done that, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to tarnish the game because there is a, there is a set of rules that the traders get. And I, I wanted to abide by those rules. But she really did taste, take the risk because on other versions, the British version, something similar happened. And then that trader who got that self-eliminated gave up one of the other traders. Wow. But I just wanted to keep the game, you Going. know, the integrity of the game. Yes. I wanted to keep that together. That is so interesting. Um, that's just so many lo- le- levels to this. Was there any, what, what was the biggest surprise for you watching it back that you didn't know was happening at the time? And is there like group texts popping off like, I six in the morning when it comes out, like first episode and someone's like, I can't believe that you were then that, that whole time or you yeah, said yeah. It and didn't, you know, like Brandy figuring it out, for example, like what, or Kyle even figuring it out right before he yeah. left. What, what surprised you the most? Yeah. I think Brandy and Kyle surprised me. Brandy definitely surprised me. Um, and then also Christian kind of throwing me under the bus the day that he was banished. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, dang, I didn't know he was spreading my name around because he kind of was, you know, because he was kind of like, Hail Mary kind of do anything you could to stay in the game. Um, so those, those three things surprised me. I was like, I had to text Christian. I was like, what? He's like, whatever, <laughs> man. <laughs> you still made it farther than me. Yeah. <laughs> what was Alan Cummings like in real life? Does he stay in character the whole time? Cause I imagine he does. I mean, Alan is just, Alan's so good. I mean, he's like obviously an incredible host, but more than that, I think he's just like a really fun guy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we got to know him a little bit, you know, since we were, we were there in the end, I think, you know, Sari, myself, Andy and Quentin spent the most time with him. Um, but he seems really relaxed and like super fun. Like I would hang out with him on, you yeah. know, outside of this for sure. It was just, I, it was an, it's amazing to see him. So you can tell he just loves this because he wouldn't be doing this for no reason. And he's so in character and it just made me laugh. Like when you guys had to do the, when they were doing the the mission to like run the things back to him, when you were like doing the, the freaking thing in the church or whatever, the church bells and he would guess the song and oh. find the jewelry box and bring it to him. I was like, he is living for this. And I loved watching yeah. that. Yeah. He really loved it. He's, I think he's perfect for it too. You know, I think that Hopefully, hopefully there's a season two and hopefully he, uh, he's, uh, the host again. Yes. Um, okay. You and Lauren recently celebrated four years of marriage. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Does it feel like it's been four years? Does it feel like, you know, so five years, I guess for the show, four years of marriage, does that feel like another life? I mean, I know you got your hands full with your three, three kids, but does it feel like it went fast? Yes. I think that kids do that. You know, I think if you have a lot of little kids running around the house, like the days kind of fly by, um, we are super busy. I'm like, so, so, so excited about our new project that we have Mm -hmm. coming up. So on March 1st, we are debuting a new app and it is an app for couples for date inspiration, uh, and date planning. So essentially, uh, it's called the duo app and, um, the website is, datingonduo.com. Okay. So you can uh, sign up on there to be kind of a first, uh, to be able to access it first before anyone, but it'll hit the app store on the first. Um, what's really cool about it is like, it kind of gives that bachelor experience for everyday couples, because once you sign up on the app, um, a date planner plans a surprise date for you. So let's say your partner want to go on a date on Saturday, you submit it to the app. We you fill out a low questionnaire, and then basically one of our day planners, who actually 
is a date planner for The Bachelor, which is pretty cool. Wow. Um, yeah, they plan a curated date for you at, set at your budget. So it's pretty cool. That's honestly really smart. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we've been working on it for the last year. It looks beautiful. Um, it is free to download. It's it's like, it's really cool because you open it up and it has all these date ideas. You kind of swipe through um, hundreds of date ideas. And then that portion that I was talking about earlier is called a surprise date. So you'd be able to you know order a surprise date and have that that experience for you and your partner. Is that something you guys talked about or came up with? Because when you you leave a show like that, when you know there's helicopters and surprise concerts and the the dates and the fantasy is how they kind of get people to fall in love. It's a genius yeah. model. But then mm -hmm. once you're out, you're like, okay, like, is it enough to watch Netflix or do this? And it should be, <laughs> but also it's fun to do fun things sometimes. Cause like you did get to spend months in a helicopter. Yeah. And I have to credit Lauren for this because she is really an incredible like date planner. Like she plans like the most fun stuff. Like during COVID is kind of when this whole idea started because, you know, we wanted to go out and do stuff, but you couldn't do anything. So we did like goat yoga in our backyard, or we did like a big inflatable movie screen. And we just like, she came up with these like incredible ideas for dates. Um, and yeah, I feel like one of the keys to a healthy marriage is to never stop dating. Mm -hmm. And I feel like our mission is like, people always ask us like, why do we work? Why do you got, why are you guys such a strong couple versus other bachelor couples? And I think it's because we've never lost that. I feel like we do every week, we like dedicate a day and we, we make an incredible date. Um, and so we thought we should bring this to other people and we should, you know, give other people date inspiration. So that's when the idea for the duo app kind of came about. And I kind of love it because we've been testing it and it's so fun. We've been planning dates for our friends, our family. We're planning a date for Chris Harrison next week. Oh my God. Him and Lauren Zima are going on a surprise date on the duo app. And I'm wow. like so excited to give Chris that experience. Um, so it's just, it's just really interesting because it is like an app that is free to download, but it has so much value. If you're a couple that are like seeking like new and different ideas for dates, it's perfect. That is so like flip the switch meta to make Chris hair, not make, but to get Chris Harrison yes. on a surprise date when he was always the one, you know, watching people from, from whatever go off. And I'm sure he had a great time in whatever country you guys were in, but he wasn't <laughs> the one, you know, being surprised with whatever that show was pulling off. I know. And I think that's the cool thing too. And I think, I think it's not really about like what you're actually doing, but for two people to walk up and not knowing what they're doing and then be like thrown into an activity, I think is what it creates sort of the, that romantic a moment mm -hmm. because, you know, there's always like one planner in the relationship. There's like Thorne is the planner. She's like so creative. And I just show up and I'm like, Oh, this is amazing. So it's like kind of role reversal from the bachelor. Yeah. But the bachelor, like, it's really cool because a lot of times the bachelor doesn't know what's going to happen that day. He, he picks his date mm -hmm. and then, you know, that person like Lauren and I would show up and we're like, Oh wow, we're taking a boat down the CN in Paris. This is amazing. And, and I'm as surprised as she is. And that's kind of what like bonded us because we're like mm -hmm. bonded these like amazing experiences. So why not kind of do that at like a smaller level, you know? And like, even if it's like something simple, like uh, a paint and pour, or like you're going on a trapeze date or you're mm -hmm. doing something like simple, like a backyard picnic, like, because it's a surprise for both of you, I think it adds this whole element of like romance to it because you haven't done anything to plan it and you just mm -hmm. show up and experience it together. 
and no one's like, I'm always planning everything. I always pick. It's like, no, we're both getting to be surprised. No one, no one gets blame if it goes bad, not that it will. And no one gets all the credit if it goes right. And doesn't, the other person doesn't necessarily step up and plan. Cause like you said, some people are planners and some people just aren't. Yeah. And if it's something that you two are like, well, you thought a little questionnaire. So we have a good mm-hmm. feeling like what kind of things you like, Yeah, but let's say it's something like you both aren't into. It's kind of, it could be kind of funny. Right. It could. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're yeah. experiencing that together. So I don't know. A whole nother bond. Just, you, you mentioned the show and I did see you guys do your YouTube channel and you talk, you answer questions. And I'm sure people ask you bachelor questions nonstop and the same ones over and over again. And one of those is like, why aren't you guys involved or whatever they asked you? And you were like, we, it's not that we're not involved. We're not asked, or we just like are living our lives. Yeah. If they did invite you, like they invite your friend, Sean Lowe, every time they need someone. To I know. I really <laughs> like, he's like the go-to guy, you know what I mean? Yes. And it makes sense on paper and he's great. Love Sean Lowe, love Catherine. Their kids are cute. You got three cute kids too. And you on paper maybe didn't whatever, but you are a success story. But would you even want to like go and give advice and do that stuff? Cause doesn't it kind of open it up to people being like, oh, that's Ari. He, you know, did this or that. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? True. I mean, yeah, I do feel like the Bachelor franchise is a little bit behind us. Like it feels almost like a dream. Yeah. Um, my advice that I would probably give any Bachelor might even be better than Sean's advice because I did, <laughs> True. like I made mistakes along the way, you know what I mean? And I can kind of like help somebody not make those mistakes along the way. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, but I think it is kind of funny. I think the show has changed a lot. You know, I think this season they're trying to bring the romance back. So I hope that is the case. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But for me, it, just, it feels like it does feel like a lifetime ago and you know, every journey is different. Everybody's yeah. everybody's journey on the bachelor is going to be different. So it is, it is really hard to lend advice. But I am surprised when bachelors get selected and then they don't reach out to previous bachelors. And I have said this like on on different occasions too, that I was reached out by previous bachelors and I didn't like take the call from like Nick. And I talked to Sean because Sean's my, my boy, but like other bachelors reached out and I didn't, didn't take the time to actually pick up the phone. I should have, you know, as a bachelor like Zach, he probably should take all the info that he can yeah. And out, you know, I'm saying outside production because right. production has a, you know, great team to try to like help the bachelor along, but really the best interest is the show. It's not really them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's the big thing to take away is like, at the end of the day, this is like your life. And these are really big decisions. Um, and that's why I was so fun doing traders because there really was no pressure. If I left mm-hmm. and lost, it was fine. You know what I mean? Totally. Bachelor is like this huge, you know, pressure cooker. Um, and I really do feel for all the leads. It makes fun. It makes me laugh that you say that. Cause I've interviewed obviously most, a lot of the bachelors and stuff over the years and Ben Higgins, I've talked to a bunch and he's like, I give the same advice every time. Don't say, I love you to two people and they don't listen. So whatever, <laughs> like, he's yeah. like I, I made the mistake for everyone. Everyone blames it on me. He's like, I don't know if bachelors before me did that, but they all are doing it after, after I said a thousand times, it was the wrong thing to do, but everyone does it anyway. So she's like, people always ask journalists, ask whoever for the advice, but they don't necessarily take it anyway. Probably for a lot of reasons, you're in the moment, you have production, but it's funny because that is the question. What would be the advice be? But now they don't, people don't even ask for the advice half the time. Yeah, no, yeah, totally. I mean, every, like I said, everybody's like journey is different, but yeah, you're, you're, you know, you're obviously with these producers for months. 
Um, so you're, those are the people that you're leaning on, which are probably not the best people to lean on. Yeah. I <laughs> so, mean, it's a, it's a TV show. Um, yeah. all right, I'll let you go. But before I do, how are the kids? What are the latest milestones? What's it like having three children under the age of three or four now? How old is Alessi? Yeah. So Alessi's three and a half. The okay. babies are 18 months. Um, it's really good. The, the, the twins are so cute. They're like starting to talk more. Oh. They're saying little things or they're, they're running around. Honestly, this is my favorite age is like the, you know, almost two to three is like my favorite because they're like learning all these new words and they're just so curious and their physicality, like, you know, Lux is like climbing everything and running around. It's like super cute. Um, so yeah, things are really good at the house. You know, we just, um, you know, we just got back to Arizona not too long ago. So we're back here and it's, it's cool. It's like, Alessi's in school now. So that's like a whole new thing, like learning to like go to like school activities and hang out with other parents, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> our other parents like oh you were you were on my tv not that long ago and now they're watching you again on tv yeah a lot of people will like be like oh there's alessi and i'm like that is super weird that they recognize alessi like yeah, you know what i mean totally like, she's she's just like the smartest little girl i'm so proud of her she's she's doing so good and everything that she puts her mind to so yeah things are good you know we're still doing the youtube channel we love like sharing our lives with everybody you know we try to do like one a week now so it's good Awesome. And tell everyone again where that, how that download the app and when it's going to be launched. Oh yeah. So it is called duo. So the website is dates on duo.com. You can sign up with your email. Uh, you'll be the first to be emailed when it does hit the app store. The app will be launching um, March 1st. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of here for the right reasons. Us weekly's bachelor podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, tell your friends about this podcast and come back every week for more Bachelor Breakdowns.